Eagles, your daily Philadelphia Eagles podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, Eagles fans? Welcome into another edition of your daily Philadelphia Eagles podcast. It's the Locked On Eagles podcast, as always, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Louis DiBiase, Gino Camilleri, joining you on this Tuesday edition of the show. Guys, it's episode number two this week of five. Download it into your phone wherever you subscribe to Locked On Eagles. It can be on Spotify, on Stitcher, Odyssey, Apple. You name it, we are available on all platforms, Google as well. And now we are available as well on YouTube. All our videos are now posted on YouTube, all our episodes, I should say, in video form now, five days a week. So also subscribe to our YouTube channel because we're also not just posting our full episodes, but we're now posting short videos as well that you can only get on our YouTube feed. So subscribe wherever you can find Lockdown Eagles. Follow us on Twitter at Lockdown Birds, at DBSCLOE, at GC24 underscore football. Gino, coming up on today's edition of the show, the Eagles officially got to 53 players today cut down day across the NFL. It was a heavy news day on NFL Twitter. But at the same time, before we get into our takeaways of what the Eagles did initially with this 53-man roster today, I want to get into first, let's preface this by saying that this roster is going to be ever-changing within the next few days. So although it looks like some guys are safe right now, some player, I mean, some players are safe and they're locks to make this roster, but although other players made the initial 53, they're not in the woods just yet. Considering IR, you can't even put players on until tomorrow at 4 p.m., and there's so many guys getting released from other teams. The Eagles have the sixth waiver spot. They're going to be looking to add from other from other rosters. Yeah, to talk on waivers real quick, I just learned as of probably 20 minutes ago that it doesn't work like fantasy football where you put one waiver in and then it goes through the cycle again. You could put in 15 waiver claims and if you're up there, you yeah. get that guy. So yeah. I expect the Eagles. Draft, you know, yeah, it, it isn't a yeah. snake draft. Yeah. I had to, I never knew that before today, honestly. And it is kind of great that they do have that sixth spot, and they'll e- open up even more spots tomorrow. They had Ty McGill, who I didn't think made the roster, end up that he's on the COVID list right now. You'll see guys like Davian Taylor go on the injured reserve. You saw guys like Landon Dickerson come off that NFI list. So it is a fluid thing, and yeah. with as many good players that there are. Are out there currently, every team is going to change. I, I remember back to Chip Kelly, his one year. I think they had three waiver claims, and one of those guys was Bryce Treggs, if I'm not mistaken. And he ended up uh, actually doing a little bit for this team. And you could poach good talent from other rosters. And I tweeted out earlier in the day that just because a player got cut doesn't mean he's a bad player. It just means that there's guys in a surplus at his position, for example. There are veteran players that have yet not been put onto the injured reserve that are going to go on there tomorrow, which will open up some spots. So the Eagles could have three roster spots open tomorrow with guys on IR, and then they add three guys right away, and then there's a boatload of other waiver moves that are going to go through. So we could see 
anywhere from two to three to five to six new guys on this team right. come tomorrow. So, yeah, like we said, the top of this roster is what it is. The bottom half is ever-changing. Football is one of the margins. So just like that move where they traded for Gardner Minshew, they're looking to upgrade at every position. They're doing that right now. That pro personnel staff, as soon as Howie got out of that meeting, I guarantee he went back into the meeting rooms and is looking at every team and their releases and where he can improve this roster. Absolutely, but they did get to 53 as of right now, so me and Gino are going to give our takeaways to what they did on Tuesday on today's edition of Locked on Eagles. They had to get 53, Gino, because the season is less than two weeks away, and with the start of the 2021 NFL season coming up, I do want to let you guys know nobody covers it like the Locked on Podcast Network in August 30th, so yesterday through September 8th, Lockdown's Ultimate Season Preview is taking you through every team and every division with the help of Odyssey's Ross Tucker and Jason Lockenfora. Follow the Ultimate Season Preview 2021 feed on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast to tune in beginning yesterday through September 8th. So Gino, again, before we get into the biggest takeaways on both sides of the ball between what Howie Roseman did on offense and defense, I first kind of want to talk about what we just mentioned, how this 53, especially the bottom half, is ever-changing. This week, there's going to be a lot of movement. So again, players, they're not out of the woods just yet. And because of that, I want to ask you, I saw you post a graphic on Twitter right before the show talking about because you were really watching what other teams were doing today and you liked some of the names that were out there. Are there players that aren't on this 53 right now that you think are out there right now that are available on waivers that are worth taking up a spot as opposed to the other players that are already currently on this Eagles roster? For me, today is the ultimate adrenaline rush, and I know inside those buildings, and if you listen to that press conference, Nick Sirianni was emotionally drained, and it's an emotionally draining day for a lot of these guys, but somebody who loves the evaluation process and seeing these guys that we just talked about in the last two drafts that are now out there for the taking. I I went for an hour and a half walk today, and I don't think I put my phone down for one second because every time I refresh Twitter, there was a new name coming up, new name coming up. And today, I believe that this could be the deepest free agent slash waiver pool that we have seen in the past couple seasons. I don't know what it is if players are getting better, especially at wide receiver and defensive back. But it just seems, man, there's 20, 30 guys you could take a look at that are worthy of roster spots on this team. I mean, there's a player in uh, Jalen Camp who just got cut by the Jaguars. He was at CGS. He was arguably one of the most popular players there when I was there. Very good route runner in his own right, and he just got cut. A guy like Penny Hart, who I raved about for that entire offseason going into that draft from Georgia State. I loved Penny Hart. Guys like that are now available. My guy, uh, Colin Johnson, is still out there. Yes, I forgot to add him on my list as well. He just got cut by the Jaguars again today, and this is the part of the business that the pro personnel department is hired for is today. This is their biggest day because after today, it's just going to go back to even keel. I mean, after tomorrow, rather, it's going to go back to business as normal. Once these teams get all those waiver claims in and that second free agency and that second cutdown day really comes to fruition being Wednesday at 4 p.m., you're going to see probably another couple hundred guys move on and off a roster. So it's an ever-changing thing, and you can rant and rave as much as you want, but I think today is about finding 
the money and the crumbs. If you if you ever seen the movie uh, War Dogs with Jonah Hill and our our Eagles fan Miles Teller, money's in the crumbs. It's in those small margins, and I continue to say that. And right now, this team has a chance to get better by getting guys that hey maybe. You kept a guy at a certain position just because they were good at special teams. Maybe you can get a guy that is a better player at a certain position and brings you maybe a return element, maybe a better special teams opportunity. That's where today comes into effect. And I'm looking at those positions, like we said, Lou, wide receiver, defensive back going yeah, very they went light. lighter right yeah they went nine defensive at, backs total yeah. is crazy to they me they went with um five cornerbacks and only four safeties so when yep. you look at i mean i saw crave on the block get released by the dolphins today we talked about and nickel roby coleman both of our slot yeah. corners last year free so, agents again so That's a lot of former eagles circle. a lot of former eagles defensive backs were released today or are available between leblanc leblanc roby coleman uh Razul douglas and then you looked at a guy, I mean, you really liked on the podcast throughout the draft process a few years ago, Sheldrick Redwine at oh. safety. He's out there. So considering the lack of depth in the defensive backfield, those are some players that mm-hmm. I would be okay with either reuniting with also, or a guy can, like Redwine going out for. We always talk about how good Washington has been at their drafting the last couple of seasons. And one of those players, I always was like, how did he last for that long? Jimmy Moreland. Yeah, I'm not just sure how got, he got released. I, I do really not know it. how Jimmy Moreland is currently on the waiver wire, and if the Eagles are not putting a, a a waiver input for him, they're out of their minds because he's an instant upgrade for them. Plays both inside and outside. Does a lot of those things that you're looking for that a guy like Josiah Scott can't do. He doesn't have that outside versatility. So why not go out and try and claim a guy like him today and tomorrow? Are, are going to be fun, and d- this is the best. It stinks as being the Turk, the guy that has to bring the people to the GM and the coach to talk to them. But as players like you or guys like you and I that are constantly evaluating and figuring out what we can do right and wrong, this is a fun day for us. And we get to really see where they can improve. And I think they still have a chance to get even better. And there were some guys that I thought deserved to make this team that they went in the right direction going younger. And there are a lot of young guys out there that they can continue to go in that direction. So uh, hats off to everybody in that building and hats off to all these guys that gave it their all to try and make these rosters. I know it's not an easy day, but this is the part of the business that truly is a business and hats off to them and best of luck to everybody the rest of the way, because without the players, we don't have a game. Yeah. I'm also though glad I don't have to watch some players anymore. Like I'm very relieved. I don't have to see Michael Jaquette on the field anymore. Um, I'm glad I'm not going to have to watch Joe Flacco. I mean, although he's still on the roster, I know Mm -hmm. now with Gardner Minshew there, although they said he's QB three today, I don't buy it. If Jalen hurts got hurt, I think Gardner Minshew is playing continuity. That's why they brought. Yeah. I mean, obviously I've grown to appreciate this process more in the, the players deeper on the roster and on the practice squad after 2019, it made me really, really focus on it a lot more, but at the same time, this preseason especially was really brutal when it comes to, I think, the lack of talent on the Eagles roster at the tail end. But there were some other players that really impressed Gino and that really surprised us this summer, and they earned a spot on that 53-man roster initially. So we're going to get into our biggest takeaways from the Eagles' initial 53. Coming up next right here on your daily Philadelphia Eagles podcast, Locked on Eagles. And guys, it's that time of year again, and all eyes are now turning to football as teams are back on the gridiron to start the 2021 NFL season. As always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. Get all the updated odds, props, and contests, including online's biggest half-million-dollar NFL mega contest and the world's largest 
$200,000 NFL Survivor Contest open now at Bet Online. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today, and you're going to receive your 100% off welcome bonus with the promo code LOCKDOWN. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. And guys, also be sure to take advantage of their opening day super promo. Make a bet on the Thursday, September 9th season opener. That's in 10 days, guys. I can't believe it. Between the Super Bowl champion, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and the Dallas Cowboys. And if you lose your wager, it will be refunded up to $25 for new customers only when signing up and using the promo code NFL100. Bet online is the fastest and the easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Again, use the promo codes locked on for a 100% welcome bonus. And again, get up to $25 of wages refunded using the promo code NFL 100 bet online, your online sports book experts. All right, Eagles fans. Welcome back in Louis DiBiase, Gino Camilleri joining you on this Tuesday edition of the show. The Eagles and the entire NFL was extremely busy today, getting their rosters down by 4 p.m., to 53 players. As me and Gino talked about in segment one, obviously this roster is not written in cement, Gino. It's written in the sand. It's going to be changing with a gust of wind really quick, you know, starting tomorrow. But at the same time, there was a lot to take away with what the Eagles strategy was today. And I thought it was interesting because I did my 53-man roster predictions yesterday in the show, and it was kind of interesting to see like where I thought they were going to go, where we've thought about the last couple weeks, where we think they're going to go heavy, where they're going to go lighter. And I thought they went, I at least from my, compared to my predictions, they went heavier at the offensive line position, tight end and linebacker. And I thought they went lighter than I thought they were going to at running back, receiver, and defensive back. As you said, they kept nine defensive backs, only five wide receivers, and only three running backs. Whereas traditionally, the last few years at least with Doug Peterson, they've kept six receivers, four running backs, and they've kept at least 10 defensive backs. I look at all three of those positions as ones that they might look to upgrade, but running back, let's start there. Yeah. I don't even know if you need Jordan Howard on this roster, man. Like I think they're fine. What don't those three guys do? Like Miles Sanders is maybe it's just like the size aspect. If you want that traditional power back, but I don't really need that in the NFL now. I mean, mean, Sanders can run in between the tackles just fine. Did Sariani really have that in Indianapolis? I mean, once Most teams don't Jonathan anymore. Taylor got there, I mean, that was about the only guy that they really had that had any size to him. And How many teams uh, have a power back like that now? Like that yeah, niche? I don't know. I don't know. And what you saw from Kenny Gainwell in the in the preseason, I think, is enough to, to garner to give him those snaps from oh, Jordan yeah. Howard. Uh, defensive back and wide receiver, I think those are two units that we know that they would look to improve upon. And especially in this waiver wire period, I think there is right. a, a chance to improve. And then tight end. I think ultimately it's going to come down to Tyree Jackson going on injured reserve tomorrow. Right. I like what we saw to Jack Stahl. I think he has a little bit of receiving niche to him that we might not have seen and kind of can fill into like that Trey Burton third tight end type of role where you find a guy. He was, he was well paid in their undrafted free agent pool. I think he might be their top undrafted free agent when it comes to guaranteed money. If I'm not mistaken, I, I'm going to double check that after the show, but I, I'm pretty sure that is the case. So they clearly like him. And then a guy like Richard Rogers, he's always an option to come back. I don't think he's going to really go and find a team mm. to pick him up. That's going to be really 
at this point with COVID implications and having to go and sit around for five days before you could get into a building, I mean, he'll probably end up back on the roster one way or another. And Mm -hmm. I, I just like where they went in terms of keeping the youth over keeping some of these guys that are journeyman type of players. I mean, I think you hit it right on in terms of keeping the youth and staying young. Jimmy Kemsky put out a statistic. Their average age last year was 25.9. This year it's 26 years old. So they're staying right around the same in, in terms of youth. And I think that's the right way to go in modern NFL. It's, it's a young man's game. And you got to yeah. have guys that can run, especially at those two positions. I think, Gino, when we talk about tight end, they kept four, right? So mm-hmm. they went with Dallas Goddard. They went with Zach Ertz, Tyree Jackson, and Jack Stahl. But obviously, like you said, Tyree Jackson is going to go on IR tomorrow starting mm-hmm. at 4 o'clock. Teams right now can't put players on injured reserve. But you know what will be interesting? So they that's why they went heavy at tight end right now. But keep an eye out. After Jackson goes on IR, do they bring back Richard Rodgers or do they just run it? Yeah, with that's what Goddard, I'm thinking. With Ertz and with Stahl. Because if they bring back Rodgers – that might be telling about Zach Ertz that they might be planning on trading him at some point during the season. But if they don't bring back Rodgers and they're just carrying three tight ends, so I don't know, maybe I'm reading, I'm just trying to read in between the two. No, I mean, that could be something that happens literally tomorrow. I mean, he could sign back tomorrow once they have all those open roster spots and it could end our conversation. Or they could trade Zach Ertz, which I always think is a potential possibility. But in the state he's in right now, I I don't even know. Oh, if you need to move him at this point, I think things are kind of fixed Raise themselves. Stock. And, let him let him yeah. put up better numbers than he did last year. Let him help. Yeah, I mean, Jalen if you Hurts play seven then, games and you end up yeah. your what two and five and the uh, Buffalo calls and one second, he's not for, hurt this time because last yeah. year the Ravens called and the Packers, but he got hurt so they couldn't trade him. Exactly. So yeah, jack up the value for sure. So that that's why they went heavy at tight end, and I don't think it's a surprise. You know, they went heavy on the offensive line. They didn't go much heavier than we expected, based on my predictions. The only guy I didn't have there that they have is Brett Toth. Um, but, I didn't have Dillard because I thought he would get traded. Uh, I had Sue Peta in his place. Yeah. So yeah, they did go ten there, yeah. and I think they should. <laughs> We've seen it the last couple of years. You can mm-hmm. never have too much good depth, and. Uh, yeah. While we're on the subject of offensive line, getting any value from oh that prior today, I was just about hats to off to Howie Roseman. I mean, you got you took a literal burnt piece of toast. Well, you were going to cut him, yeah, and you got something yeah. for it. You I got you, you, you had somebody up. pay you for a burnt piece of toast, a yeah, guy so, that was regressing, and right. you move up to the sixth round from the seventh. I, that's a good move. That's a that's a margin move in my opinion, and that's smart. Yeah, for those that didn't see. Um, Gino's referring to the Eagles made a trade with the Indianapolis Colts today. Um, mm-hmm. They traded Matt Pryor to the Colts and a seventh round pick, and they moved up into the sixth round. And that's huge, Gino, because yesterday there was a report that, oh, the Eagles might be, the teams are calling about their offensive line depth and linebacker, ironically enough. And I was like, oh, no, like, okay, that's good. I'll take a pick for Andre Dillard. But the fact that they got a pick and they got to keep guys like Jack Driscoll on the bench and Nate Herbig is awesome. Like Matt Pryor was Mm -hmm. the odd man out there. The fact that you were able to acquire a pick and not have to use like Driscoll or Herbig to get that pick or even Andre Dillard. I'd rather have Dillard than Matt Pryor. That was a really, really good trade today. I'm glad they came back with some value and still kept that depth and that nucleus intact on the, when it comes to the young offensive line backups. Yeah. And I think, the idea that Howie Roseman said about optionality, it's still there. If you want to move Dillard, you 
have him on the roster and you can acquire more for him. And I, I think you're going to have guys like Coyote Awosika end up on the practice squad and then he'll just pop up and fill that roster spot. You still have depth there. And the guys that are getting released today, they're going to be looking at offensive line just as much as they are at wide receiver and safety, even though you and I aren't currently talking about it because we know that they're solidified there from the top down. This is a team that doesn't leave any stone unturned at that position. Mm -hmm. So it's going to be ever-changing, and the Eagles set themselves up, especially in the defensive line too, with that optionality as well. Keeping guys like Teron Jackson on the roster. If you do trade Derek Barnett, you don't have to worry about this guy getting claimed on waivers in Teron Jackson. You have him on the roster. I think keeping that youth was a very smart way to go because you locked up your draft picks. Uh, Jacoby Stevens, I think, was the only one that didn't make it who should make it to right. the practice squad, I would, I would assume. But outside of that, you kept 90% of them. That's what you want in player development. That's what you want in evaluation. You want to make sure you keep those guys, especially in this draft class. In yeah. a year where 16 guys on a practice squad – there's going to be a lot of good players sitting on those practice squads and teams are going to be willing to claim them. And especially on the offensive line. Are you kidding? If, well, if, I mean, a, yeah. if one of those guys is sitting there, he's getting signed. I mean, it, it's inevitable. When you look at even last year, the Eagles made a waiver claim at this time and he was just released today or waived, but the Eagles picked up Travis Fulgham. And although Fulgham didn't pan out to what we thought he was going to be mm-hmm. last year when he was setting league on fire in October and he had a bad summer this year and he got waived. Um, but at the same time, like that was a guy you picked up on waivers last year that really contributed to the 2020 season. He was your best receiver in that season. He led the team in receiving yards. And Gino, I'm not really like surprised or upset that they cut Travis Fulgham or John Hightower, who was your other guy, was also released today. The Eagles kept just five mm-hmm. receivers. It was Devontae Smith, Jalen Rager, Quez Watkins, Greg Ward, and J.J. Ortega Whiteside. I'm not really upset that oh man. I'm not upset that they uh they released John Hightower or Travis Fulgham. But like I'm sorry. Oh, what was that, of, Lou? Owen uh, should own that jersey because the guy just side? the fact what that he that? made it. It's just he's the. Human <laughs> this could be the last day I ever wear this thing. I've never worn he's it just, in my life. I know, and I, I mean, I, I look for you. It's okay if because you have an you've honest been discussion. Honest we need, we need to have an honest discussion why he made the team, and I want to put Howie this, Roseman has the ego the size of the sun and won't give I, up on a second round pick that can't play. That's but even Nick Sirianni said it too. He said the special teams matters, man, and it really John Hightower does. Hightower plays special teams. Jalen Rager plays special teams. Quez Watkins plays special teams. I don't need JJ Ortega Whiteside to play special teams. If you can't play, you're talking the position about multiple that you're different at, positions. Then I don't want it. But you're well, talking sure, about but a bring fifth wide receiver. In, get a if gunner you get, that can play his position too, though. JJ can't I just like I, he made one play against the Jets, and he had a great summer last year, and he had a great summer in 2019. It's just but you're talking cycle. about and a every regular different season. coaching staff, dude. Like we're we're talking about. I mean, if we're we want to, do anymore. you really think that Doug Peterson is the reason JJ Arthega Whiteside can't play? It's like part I of just it. think he's not a good player. It sure it was I mean, part the, of it, but not to the point where he bombed out. I mean, John Hightower played with Doug Peterson. He made more plays. Travis Fulgham played with Doug Peterson. He made more plays. Everybody makes more plays than JJ on this team, regardless of the coaching staff. And yet he made the roster again because he was handpicked by Jeffrey Lurie. I mean, See, I'm sorry, I don't, but that's I don't believe that. I literally do not believe that. 
I at this point, we're arguing about the fifth receiver on our roster behind Devontae Smith, Quez Watkins, Jalen Rager, Greg Ward. If we, that player has to get on the field, yeah, yeah, we are no, screwed no, no. inevitably. Me, like, look, it's, we're it's screwed not like, regardless. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Again, it's not like this. That's is like what we are arguing about. Franchise altering thing. Yeah. It's just it's more, it's not, it's more so not what JJ Ortega Whiteside is himself. It's what he represents that just continues to bother me. It's more again my issue with Howie Roseman and Jeffrey Lurie and just more. More and more examples of my issues with them that keep getting confirmed based on moves they're making. So it's not like I mean, it's dude, not like I'm saying our traded Arthur Carson Wentz, who was their golden right child. after they ruined him into the ground for an entire season. So I mean, you don't I believe Carson I, played his way out of no, Philadelphia? No, of course he did. Of course right. he did. But the reason he played his way out of Philadelphia is because the team drafted Jalen Hurts. They had 14 different offensive line combinations. They failed time and time again to build around him. He finally just couldn't carry that thousand pounds of weight on his back. So, I mean, just look, I, I get it. And I know your JJ's your boy and he worked hard this summer and he played special teams this year more than he ever has. And, and that'll um, take you far, man. In yeah, the NFL, I'm not knocking his work ethic I, yeah. or any of that. I just, I don't think he was worth a roster spot. And who knows, maybe I, hey, he this is what, game. this is what make these conversations fun is yeah. this part. And this is what's happening in the building. I like, can't if believe you have a Jersey. I had no idea you owned. A oh JJ. really? Yeah. I wore it like one time. I was just waiting <laughs> for him incredible. to have this breakout game. I, I wish I, I had, gotta, I wish I had the soundbite of when they took him right now where you were screaming JJ. Oh, I have the video. I was oh, going to send it to you, but I, I wanted to do this first. I thought That's the great. Jersey, I love would, it. I thought the Jersey would have got, this is definitely going to be the highlight that I take. out. I know people are getting mad about it, but what, what, how I look at that position, the fifth wide receiver, sixth wide receiver, fifth safety, sixth cornerback. One, are you a distraction to the team? Two, can you play special teams? He's a distraction to me. <laughs> Three, are yeah, you a hard talking worker? About him. <laughs> no, are you yeah, are you a hard worker? And I think he cross checks all those off, but is there yeah. is there the option to go out and get a guy like Colin Johnson? Get a guy like Jalen Camp. I'd even take a waiver on Antonio Nunn out of the University of Buffalo. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. And I believe Howie would cut JJ for one of those guys tomorrow. And I just think the idea that Travis Fulgham is the second coming to Jerry Rice, like yeah, everybody's treating him, is completely asinine. I, I hope I can I can hope I can separate. I hope people understand that this isn't me like upset that Travis Fulgham or. Oh, Doug I get Michael what you're. Really. I get what you're saying. Yeah, because totally me and you both we've had this discussion about Fulgham, like which Travis Fulgham was the real right. Travis Fulgham, and we both agreed it was more likely the guy at the end of the season. It's just Gino. That is the crazy. I mean, when you think about random players that had these huge like stretches in the NFL, Josh was, Adams also got cut today. Right, like, it was one of Bryce Brown, maybe back in 2012. Yes. Travis Fulgham leading the league on fire for an entire month is one of the most random, mm -hmm. like odd, surreal, yet real things that happened. Like, I cannot believe that guy led the league in receiving for more than just a week or two. It was mm -hmm. an entire month. And now again, it's just like he's back to being the guy they claimed on waivers. It's it's kind of weird. I cover the Buffalo Bills too. You know what it reminds me of is in 2018, Robert Foster, the Bills yes, wide receiver, did a that. similar thing at the end of the year. And it's like after that, he just went back to what he was. And so he got the by Miami thing, today. yeah, we'll be talking about the Travis Fulgham thing for a long time. It was a strange and wild ride. We had mm -hmm. me and you did a podcast where like, is Fulgham and Rager your new DJX and Macklin? Yeah, like we were was... talking like that for a while because he was that good. It's crazy. Yeah, it, it is one of those things and that's why you have to understand like it's an ever-changing business like things change in the blink of an eye and like 
yeah, we, we don't see everything, but maybe JJ was making these crazy special teams plays that we don't know of and they believed in him. But I'm sure there's tape on other guys out there that they're going to look to improve upon. And that, that's always something that's going to happen. But when you're having these discussions, I believe that's a good thing in the NFL. When you're having arguments on like, how can we improve special teams? How can we improve our depth? Like that's where you want to be. You don't want to have to argue about, okay, where are we filling in the holes at starter? Like, sure. I think they have the top of the roster, even at like the new positions like Sam. Like, I love the idea of Jannard Avery and Patrick Johnson. I think Patrick Johnson played well in the preseason enough to to garner him a roster spot. You look at the he and Sean Bradley made the roster. I'm surprised that they kept Sean Bradley on the roster currently Same. without having it being with Davian Taylor going to the injured reserve oh, first. Good point. Yeah, I, that's what I was surprised about because yesterday. But it's like, a good thing, Lou, because they're keeping yeah. their young guys and developing right. them. That's what we have to yeah. see, and we've been complaining for for so long in two drafts where we only got ten guys between mm-hmm. two years, and f- half of those guys are already gone in the last two drafts. You have 90% of your guys still on this roster, man. Like, this is how a team is supposed to be built. And I'm happy because they're going in that way. And how he learned from his mistakes, he learned that sometimes putting Band-Aids and putting a big old stick of duct tape, like if you've ever seen uh, This Is The End with uh, Jonah Hill, again, I referenced him where they put the, the duct tape over the big crack in the cement wall. Like, that's what Howie was doing for the last three years. Finally, they got some plaster, yeah. they got some blueprints, and they're starting to figure it out. It might be a slower process than we think, but just making these improvements and, and doing the youth movement is what everybody else in the NFL is doing. It's what Buffalo is doing. It's what Kansas City is doing. I mean, outside of Tom Brady, Tampa Bay, I mean, they have a very young core, a very young offensive line. Outside of their stars on the defensive line, they're very young. There, That's what it is. That's what the modern NFL is. You can't just have Jordan Howards leading you to championships. I don't know how Mark yeah. Ingram is on the Houston Texans after today. Don't know how Carlos Hyde is there in Jacksonville. Like that's not what the NFL is anymore. Yeah, you you have to improve in the smallest areas and get the young guys that can run out onto the field. And in 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 most cases, you'll come out on top and get a guy like Quez. And that's what we got to continue to see. Gino, let me ask you: Was there any other like super big surprises for you, or like like players that you did not expect to make this fifty three? I think for me at defensive tackle, Marlon Tui Polo. I think I mean, we I were all traffic, yes. but the fact that I he actually, made it. Uh, over, I was talking with Jimmy Kemsky, and he he said the yeah. same thing. And yeah, I was surprised that he made it over Ridgeway, and then I think you said T Y McGill's on the COVID list. But yes. um, I feel like McGill. I'm glad one of those, those two, two made it because I I believe yeah. McGill. Like, McGill had a great summer, though. I feel if like if they're only in one, depth I hope players McGill like. Is that yeah yeah you don't find depth guys like that and for the longest time uh i think it was two years ago when they were running tons of dts through there there was a stretch when he was him and trevon hester were like two of the better defensive tackles in football according to pff yes exactly and and we talk about offensive line defensive lines the same way man like i'm fine with going a little bit heavier at quote-unquote linebacker because it means you're keeping two sams which i count as a defensive lineman. So yeah. I'm fine going heavier it's a there. a pass rusher. So yes, exactly. and that's why though I was a bit surprised they kept both Sean Bradley and Patrick Johnson. Cause I'm like, okay, they'll probably keep four of your mm-hmm. traditional, you know, Mike and Wills. It'll be Wilson, Singleton, Taylor, and Edwards. And then you'll keep two of those Sam guys, Avery and Johnson. But again, they went lighter, at least as of right now at receiver in the defensive backfield. And, you know, I agree with it, though. Like, I know you need help more at corner and safety right now than linebacker. But Sean Bradley is worth a roster spot initially far more than Craig James is or, 
that that was my thing is like corner and defense and safety. I want more than nine guys there, but the guys they had on this roster to me weren't worth keeping a spot. If you're no, gonna you're not going to keep Kavan Seymour over right. Sean Bradley, a no. guy you got so, in free agency yeah, over exactly. a draft pick. No way. And now if, is Sheldon Redwine worth a spot maybe over Bradley? I'm okay with that, but yeah. it's like the player. It can't just be the position. The player has to be worth the spot too. You don't want to just get rid of a player because he's, you know, at one position, if he's just a better player than the other guy. Yeah, especially when it's at a position where we really have no idea what they're going to do in terms right. of linebacker. Like, they could, I mean, they could arguably cycle Mike linebackers through there and just have the Sams just rotate as well and do that like they do on the defensive line and just keep guys fresh to go out there and stop the run and stop the pass. I have no, I literally have no idea what Jonathan Gannon is going to do. And we'll see tomorrow what comes to fruition after they put guys on the IR and when they claim guys. And another point of that is I think you have a better chance to find guys on the waiver wire at corner than you do yeah. at linebacker. You know what? I it's think it's a like, much deeper position. It's kind of the same discussion we have with the draft a lot when it comes to best player available versus need. Like you're not just taking a player because you need a cornerback, mm-hmm. but at the same time, if it's like close between the two, maybe Sean Bradley has a little bit of an edge, but you need an extra corner and he's right there. Then you keep the corner. So to me though, it was just so lopsided that, these defensive backs that weren't kept just are, they're not close to the depth you had at the other spots. But like you said, there's going to be some guys tomorrow that are available that I think, again, this roster is going to be changing. And we got you covered right here on Lockdown Eagles, guys. We got one more segment to get into as we get our initial takeaways of the Eagles' first 53-man roster of 2021. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it is now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts that you need. So why endure those pointless conversations and intimidating questions while the person behind the counter goes onto their computer and orders only the brands that their warehouse happens to carry? You have a computer, you have a phone, tablet, whatever you have that also has internet. It also has rockauto.com at home or in your pocket. Save time and money when using Rock Auto. Why choose to spend 30, 50, or even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership? I guarantee Howie Roseman is using Rock Auto. He's a guy that <laughs> likes to negotiate. He's a Rock Auto type of guy. Rock Auto prices are reliably low for every customer. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in there. How did you hear about us, Box? So they know that we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Rockauto.com. Make sure to write locked on in there. How did you hear about us, Box? Guys, today's show is also sponsored by Direct TV Stream. Does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows, you're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friends log in for the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream, and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part, there's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with Direct TV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible devices required. Content varies by package. 
Guys, welcome back in. It's Louis DiBiase. It's Gino Camilleri. It's your daily Philadelphia Eagles podcast, Locked on Eagles. We are recapping what the Eagles did on Tuesday, which was, Gino get the roster down to 53 players. And we talked about like the biggest takeaways from what they did on Tuesday in segment two. Segment one, we talked about players that are available right now across the NFL that they could be interested in. Now I want to just finish off the show by saying, like this is officially a new era. We've been saying mm-hmm. it all offseason, right? That Super Bowl window is gone. Doug Peterson is gone. Carson Wentz is gone. The majority of that 2017 core, that nucleus, is gone. And I thought the biggest representation of that was what they did today. I saw the tweet from Dave Spadaro that was, the Eagles have 33 of 53 players on the 53 right now that were acquired in 2019 or later. And 18 of them were added this offseason. Like it really is a new era. Mm-hmm. And Gino, as you said earlier, they prioritized youth over veterans across the board. Yeah, I think that's a smart play too. When 33 of those 53 are acquired after 2019, you probably throw 10 in there for your guys like Fletcher Cox, Brandon Graham, those right. type of players, which are your bookends. So you're looking at 10 holes to fill moving forward that you could fill in these next couple draft classes because you have guys in 2019 and beyond. I look at the wide receiver unit, Lou. You have Jalen Rager, who still has four years on his contract. Quez Watkins has got three. Devontae Smith has five. You're filled there. You have such a young team at just that one unit. You could go out there and spend more draft picks and just start this new cycle where it's guys come in, you extend them at four years, but you have the next group of guys coming up under them, and that's what you have to continue to feed in and not fill it with these Band-Aids, the Jay Ajayis of the world, the LeGarrette Blunts of the world. It's time to continue this player development movement and say what you want about Howie Roseman's drafting over the past decade or so. In the last two years, he has gotten guys on this roster that have stuck. And that's going to be huge moving forward. Year three is a huge developmental year in the, the final year in evaluation for most guys. So you might see that turnover again. But being younger in this league will always take you farther. But you got to find that good balance. I, I think and 26- you got to also find the right players. Like you can't yes. go young, but keep botching first round picks. And no, no, no. It, no, I totally understand that. But I, th- I think you can look at every single position at this point and say you at least have one young core piece at multiple positions across. I mean, offensive tackle, you have Jordan Maialata, you got Landon Dickerson on the interior, Mm -hmm. running back, all three of those guys are still young. Wide receiver is very young. Defensive line, you drafted young guys like Teron Jackson, Patrick Johnson, Marlon Tui Pelotu, even Javon Hargrave is on the younger side in the National Football League. You look at Kavon Wallace on the back end, your whole linebacking core is young. You see that. I would say cornerback is our biggest one, but you got 10 draft picks this year. Yep. All the ammo in the world to go get you a number one cornerback, and that's that's what I like, Lou. I like that we don't have to answer these questions about starters. It's the depth and how we can replace those current starters in a couple years by developing and drafting good players, and that's yep. how you go in this league. And 33 out of 53 drafted after 2019, I think it's the right way to go, and that number might go up after tomorrow, Lou. You might get three, four guys that were drafted this year, kick a couple of those older guys out. It couldn't happen. 
Yeah, look, I think Howie Roseman did a masterful job in 2016 and 2017 of building that core. However, mm-hmm. what I will say is I feel like it's easier to build a team of veterans and of free agents and of guys that you trade for. And now is the real test. He has gone all in. Him and Jeffrey Lurie have said this is a long-term rebuild now. Yep. And they've shown it in what they say, but also in what they do. And that was a perfect example today. But it's a lot harder to find that long-term sustained success. You got to hit on draft picks consistently, and you really got to do it. Obviously, in deeper in the draft, where Howie Roseman is better, but he's got to do a lot better at hitting on these first and second round picks. And this year, he's letting those guys play. Nick Sirianni as well. He even hired a coach that is all about this kind of philosophy. So now we're gonna again. We keep saying it. Twenty twenty one is about finding answers, and we're gonna find answers about. These guys are in place now. They've invested picks in them. They're investing starting roles in them. Now let's see what they do on the field, Gino. I'm so pumped to see like these young guys again. It's not a season to me about wins and losses. I just I want to see these players grow, and I hope they stick because then you don't have to clean up the mess next year with all those picks. You can say, we have a bunch of core pieces now that we drafted. Now we have even more picks that can turn into a luxury and you can be more flexible. And that's what we say all the time on the show. And so it starts right now and the season is two less than two weeks away. It was two weeks from Sunday. Finally here, man. Uh, This is the first mark of the new era. Like you said, like it finally is here and you have the first 53 man roster under Nick Sariani officially today. First time he's had it under his tenure going into the season with these guys, you're going to see who fits into this philosophy fits into this style of offense, fits into Jonathan Gannon's style of defense, fits into Clay's special teams, fits into Jeffrey Lurie and Howie Roseman's plans. I think you're starting to see glimpses of it. They're going to get younger, they're going to get more athletic, and they're going to prioritize those guys. And that's what I think is the ultimate takeaway from today. They prioritize the guys that they grew in-house, the guys that they did the background knowledge on in the draft, the guys that they invested time into over guys that they just – Okay, he's on an emergency corner list. He's in Philadelphia. And I think that's how you grow. And it really shows that Nick Sariani's message of building relationships with all of these players really is what is happening behind these doors. And guys are taking to coaching. Guys are filling into these spots that he wants them to. And I think right now you have 53 guys that are behind Nick Sariani. And I think you'll add a couple more tomorrow and – until he loses any one of those guys and loses the locker room, we can't say much. So let's hope that never happens. And let's put that out of our memory of what happened in the past. We're into a new, fresh regime, man. It, 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 like I said, the, the skies have opened up. I'm ready. I'm ready to see a nice, bright day, nice sky coming into Lincoln Financial Football in a couple weeks after we go down to Atlanta in that dome, which will most likely be closed. But we'll see the sun shining on football in regular season action under Nick Sirianni. In 12 days here, my friend, and we're going to see how that summer translated till now and see if these guys that had, quote-unquote, a great camp are able to carry that over to the regular season. That's right. Make sure you guys subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen. Subscribe on YouTube as well. We're on video now Monday through Friday. Follow us on Twitter at LockdownBirds, at DBLCLOE, at GC24 underscore football. We've got you covered Every day, we're your only daily Philadelphia Eagles podcast. And guys, make sure you subscribe just in time for the 2021 season. For Gino Camilleri, I'm Lou DiBiase signing off. We'll be back tomorrow. Until then, thank you for downloading. Thank you for listening. And let's go, Birds. Fly, Eagles, fly.